Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs beat the Leafs. You really love to see it. You really, really love to see it. And we love to talk about it. And that's coming up in just one moment on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 705 of Locked On Canadians. As you can see, it took until episode 705 for us to get a new intro. Please give us your thoughts uh, on, on, on this. We, I know you've been asking about it a lot. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch on YouTube, which, quite frankly, is where the comments about the intro is coming from. So please give us your thoughts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matt. Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize and also of looking extremely smug right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian made the Leafs 4-3. Scott, thoughts? I am I am ascending because tonight's been great because the expectations are that the Leafs were going to blow the Canadians out of the building and Laura and I both thought, okay, there's a good chance that could happen. They've got Austin Matthews. John Tavares is back. They've still got Mitch Marner and William Nylander and 78-year-old Michael Bunting in this game. Their defense looks better. Matt Murray looks great in the preseason. And Cole Caulfield came out and went, I don't give a crap about any of that. I am Cole Caulfield. Here's two snipes. Deal with it. And then Sean Monaghan scores on his birthday and Josh Anderson sticks the dagger right in their chest with 17 seconds left. And for Everyone who was complaining about the pregame intros, like they don't do this every year. This is exactly what you deserve. Now lie in your bed. It has been made for you. I hope you're happy. I know you are Leafs fans and none of you are happy, but I hope you are happy with what you have brought upon your team. I, knowing that this team will likely get smoked in their next two games because that's how that goes, am living my absolute best life tonight. Wasn't perfect, but damn, if this wasn't one of the most fun games Laura and I have watched in over a year of the Montreal Canadiens at this point. <laughs> I mean, that last game against Florida last season was pretty fun. Uh, but you're right. This was a fun game. I was worried that it would be boring. I thought it might be one of those where, the, you know, the Leafs skate circles around the Habs. I, I was worried a little bit. There were predictions saying, oh, 4-1 Leafs. And I was like... Nah, don't 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 tempt me um and so I kept my mouth shut but I did enjoy everything that the Canadians brought I mean you could tell the defense has a lot to do uh I'm gonna do my Caden Gooley praise of the night uh he looked very much like an NHLer I was very happy with the way that he played. He made some smart decisions. I know we're going to focus on a little bit the defense. We're going to focus a little bit on the defense in our next segment. But today, but in the first segment, I'm sorry, I'm very tired, everybody. Please excuse me. For the first segment, let's talk about some positives. Obviously, Cole Caulfield came to play. He has not taken a step back. In fact, he looks incredibly intense. Um, obviously, players will go through slumps over time. 
but he's shown up and he has given us absolutely no reason to worry about anything for this coming season. I thought, you know, um, Kirby Doc looked really good. He looks like a really good player. And the more he plays, the more confident I feel in this trade. He looks like a really intelligent player. I saw some comments about, you know, whatever the point totals or expected point totals or anything like that. And I'm not too fussed, to be honest, because the thing about somebody like Kirby Duck is when you are playing center, a lot of the game that you, a lot of the value that you bring is your brain, your hockey sense, your hockey brain. So I am loving the way that it looks. Like I'm loving the way that he looks on the ice. And it looks like, if he continues on this progression, like obviously there's parts of his game, he needs to work out and finesse and, and the Canadians are going to need to invest in his development a little bit, but I'm happy with the way this is going. And I'm feeling very positive about the future. Whereas I was not prior to, let's say the preseason. It's funny is that you mentioned Kirby doc is because I hadn't really noticed, you know, him doing a lot, you know, in terms of the danger areas on the ice, but he was second on the team at five on five and Corsi four percentage behind Sean Monahan. And they played on the same line with the goal being they're going to take face offs on and off their strong side in this game. And both Monahan and Doc were among the best individual producers of scoring chances for the Canadians. Uh, Cole Caulfield and surprisingly Jordan Harris, who we'll touch on in the defense segment next, uh, also graded really well in that. And I got to say, I was really impressed with Monaghan tonight. I was impressed going back and kind of looking at some of the things here. Kirby Doc's long reach allows him an advantage over a lot of guys. Not that the Leafs aren't a taller team with guys who know how to use their own frames to their advantage, but Kirby Doc has a giant wingspan. And uh, we saw with Slavkovsky a little bit tonight, too, is that that's something he's going to develop as he gets older. He uses his stick and his wingspan very well. He's getting the rest of his body figured out in that regard. He had a couple of good moments tonight and a couple of moments where he's a rookie and he's going to learn. You know, I look at, uh, I believe it was the end of the first period. He faked out John Tavares, got the puck out of the zone, drove through the slot and drew and was going to the net with the puck and drew a penalty on Rasmus Sandin because he beat him there. He outraced him down the ice and used that speed. And then I believe it was in the second period, end of the second period, maybe early in the third Austin Matthews is high in the slot. He's got an open lane to shoot, and Slavkovsky runs into him. I know it's simple, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's you do what you can out there. He didn't take a penalty. He just ran into him, and it, it prevented Matthews from getting everything behind that shot. Uh, offensively, the Canadians, I know they didn't get a ton of shots on net. Overall, I think Toronto at 5-on-5 five five ended up having yeah, way more. It says the Canadians had 16 5-on-5 five five shots to Toronto's uh, 25, which feels about right as it should have been. But where I think the Canadians thrive tonight, and I think what Martin St. Louis wanted to institute is they were very good on the counterattack. Their breakouts were more crisp. Caden Gooley, and I know we're going to talk about defense, but I have to mention, plays such a composed game for such a young player that I really look forward to him blossoming into a very good NHL defenseman here. I I have my, you know, foibles with the game tonight, but overall, it's night and day from last year. The effort is there. You have guys who are trying. Are they going to lose games? Are they going to be bad potentially? Yeah. But if they play like this, I'm not questioning the team effort every night like I was at points of last year. 
Right. That was the thing, too, is that you want those moments. You want those interesting and fun games. But you still want a high draft pick. So you can't really complain. I'm just glad that against the Leafs, they didn't lose. Right. And there could be some things that we could be nitpicky about in the game. But interestingly enough, like the, the things that I want to kind of pick apart are not the young players, but more the, the veterans. I had some issues there. Uh, obviously, for me, I have a little bit more faith in this management team now because I can tell where they're going with this. Like they're going to allow these people to be creative and they're allow they're going to allow them to attain that kind of, you know, we're talking about the counterattack, playing smart. You, you know, they're going to be capitalizing on mistakes. They're going to have that instinct because last year when they were slumping, like even when they came out, they were tired, they lost leadership. They had, they didn't have a killer instinct. And Scott is looking Decidedly. I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm sorry. Uh, Sheldon Keefe called tonight's loss unacceptable in which I am. It's game one. <laughs> it's game one. You know when the Grinch's heart grows three sizes in one that's, day that's, because that's he right learns now. the meaning of Christmas? Uh, this is me just absolutely letting my ego get the best of me right now. And I'm sorry, Laura, you were making a very good point and I'm on Twitter, so. It's fine. I'm going to like uh, carry my point over to the next segment because there are some things that we do want to pick on a little bit. This is Locked On Canadians. We're looking at all aspects. So that's coming up in just one moment. But first, I got to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find, including the NHL games. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB in the playoffs right now, MMA, boxing, as well as golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right. So what I was saying uh, before the break was that the Canadians are developing that killer instinct or they're playing with the killer instinct that we saw. It seemed like it was completely absent until Martin St. Louis came in last year. So for me, it's a good sign that they're starting with game one like this. I know it's going to be a long season. I know this is just game one. I was very, very pleased with you know, essentially their offensive game I was pleased with. You talked about the counterattack. Um, I was not super happy with the defensive game. There were some gaffes. There were some lapses. This is going to be a long season if we start looking at the back end. So it, it was a very funny in that, like, I, I talked to Andrew Berkshire about this, that the young guys looked much more polished and composed than the veterans I don't think Weidman played badly, but I also think Weidman is being played in a role that is above his uh, asking level, I guess, right now. And the same goes for David Savard, who had a really rough game. And I feel bad because it's not his fault. Mike Matheson is injured. Joel Edmondson is injured. Jeff Petrie is no longer here. Shea Weber is no longer here. He's got to basically be that guy. He's going to be there to take those opening volleys to start the season while Matheson and Edmondson get healthy. And he had some real rough moments there. Um, a couple of the goals you can point at and go, these are on you. Uh, the third one is probably Evgeny Dodonov's slow motion turnover in the offensive zone. 
I'm not worried about that as much. But for David Savard, uh, he's asked, being asked to play a lot above his level right now. And overall, it's it sucks. But at the same time, he made it up. He had a lot of big shot blocks on those last couple penalty kills. And then surprisingly, Jonathan Kovacevic uh, and Jordan Harris together played really well. I'm looking at their numbers. Everything's trending in the positive direction here. I can see the limitations in some of these players' games, but they're doing everything that you can ask of them. Kovacevic is not a puck mover. He's not a puck carrier. He is a first pass and out kind of guy. Skating isn't a strong point. He's not the best passer, but when he's playing within his role, he he did quite well tonight. And it's not going to be like that every night. There's not always going to get the matchups they want. But if Jordan Harris is going to take those steps forward and be, you know, the third most used defenseman tonight and play that well, great. You know, you've also got, you know, Caden Gooley, despite the numbers, I thought played well, composed. He can't control what the other four guys in his unit are doing. But every time I watched him get make a play on the puck, he's composed. He's reading the play well. There's no panic to his game. He's not scurrying and scrambling. Like I see a little bit of that still in Jack Eye's game. He got caught out of position twice tonight. He didn't get burned for it. Jake Allen made saves on both attempts, but it's something, you know, I don't want him to lose his aggressive edge. Just he's got to work on, you know, picking his spots again. And that's a learning curve. All of this is a learning curve for these guys. And this doesn't even include Justin Barron and Matthias Norlinder, who are in the AHL and are going to be potentially called up this year. There's going to be there's going to be bumps in the road. But if the biggest bump in the road is that David Savard had to block nine shots against, uh, it could be worse, but I don't think they're always going to get a repeat of this every single night. Yeah, I, I want to just touch on you know the guys you just talked about. For me, Caden Gooley, I would see him make a play. And like you said, it's not his fault. The other four guys on the ice um, you know, weren't matching, let's say matching up to his speed. Um, I would find that he would make a play and then it would get totally wasted by someone else giving the puck away or a turnover elsewhere or something like that. And I'm like, you're wasting Caden Gooley right now. Um, This is his first NHL game, his first actual NHL game. If he continues to play like this, like you're sitting on basically found money. And then if he achieves his potential, I just, I can't wait to see what that is. I want to talk about Jordan Harris too. He looked so smart on the ice. Not just that. I like how he played a physical game, but it wasn't flashy in any way. If you were paying close attention, and I know, you know, you and Matt Drake are are the gift masters, and there was one that went up. He's silently bodying people. He's calmly just eliminating players from play. I love that about Jordan Harris. I know, you know, we waited a long time for him to actually make it over to the NHL from the NCAA now that he's there. I'm just really happy with him because it feels like, yeah, it, 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 I'm imagining things if I say that he doesn't make mistakes, but it feels like he can't make a mistake, right? The way that he plays out there, I just, I love that he, you know, he's, he's not, He's not in any way remarkable, and that in itself is remarkable because he's just doing the little things. And I hope that people appreciate all the little facets of his game that are adding up to that smart play. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the biggest thing because looking over stuff for like his top 25 profile and watching him play is 
he just does the simple things right, which is, you know, a, is a great thing to have. He doesn't have to be the flashiest guy if he does all the little things right. A lot of guys have played a lot of games just by, I'm going to go out there, make a good first pass out or skate the puck out and pass off to a forward. I'm going to put myself in the right position. I'm going to use my physicality when I need to. And that's great to be able to be mature enough to know this is what my game is. I'm not going to try to be a puck mover. That's not my game. Jordan Harris is a very smart, intelligent player. He's not going to wow you offensively. He's not going to destroy you physically like an Arbor Jack guy is. He is just that dude. He is that guy. You look at the lineup and you go, Jordan Harris is playing second pairing. Now you go, all right, Jordan Harris is the third pairing guy with offensive zone starts. Okay, cool. He does kind of get lost in the shuffle of the Baron and the Ghoulie and the Norlinder and everything because he doesn't have a remarkable trait because everything is up here. He skates well and he thinks well. And that's really important for the modern NHL, which is what's going to keep him here and allow him to keep that spot secure going forward. I'm going to say real quick, I didn't love Chris Weidman's game tonight. Um, I did not also love David Savard's game tonight. Unfortunately, I thought that the uh, rookies outshone the veterans, which is fine. Uh, like you said, Arbor Jack, I had a couple of out-of-place out moments, but he recovered well. And I think overall, you know, I saw, I saw more reason to praise him than not. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is this is right now. It is the NHL. It's no longer the preseason. You've done everything you can to earn your spot here. But it is time for you to kind of, you know, learn uh, how it is to play in the NHL. And I have absolute faith in him. I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch him. I just also really love that, you know, it is a game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators fans are still talking about Arbor Jacki. I think that in itself is going to make him my favorite player this season, <laughs> possibly. Uh, also, I just want to um, ask all of our listeners, if in the last two weeks you've asked us a mailbag question that we have not answered on the show, please re-ask the question. I was on a work trip. Um, Scott was carrying the show all by himself, and he's also been carrying the show this week as well. I'm extremely tired. There's construction going on in my apartment right now. So it is a very, very rough week. So if we missed your question, I put the chances of my ability to find them at about 30%. So please just re-ask the question. And if you want to do that, you can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. You can DM them to us as well on that, on that account. You can also email them at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also ask them in the YouTube comments as well. We would welcome your new questions. But just to let you know that if you did ask a question in the last two weeks, we didn't get to it. We didn't mention it on the show. We didn't go over it. Please ask the question again and also ask new questions. Thank you. And in our next segment, I think it's time to turn our attention to some very emotional uh I'm going to say emotional moments uh, before tonight's game. We're going to talk about Carrie Price and we're going to try not to cry. And that's all coming up in just one moment. So earlier today, Scott told me, do not read the article about Carrie Price that is on The Athletic because it will make you cry. And I listened to my co-host, which I don't often do, um, and I did not cry. And then the game happened and I did. 
Uh, also, uh, I want to make it clear, you should read this. Uh, you should not read the versions of it that have been copy-pasted to other sites because that's not fair to the people who actually did the interview. Um, but uh, I read it. I don't regret reading it, but I also regret reading it at the same time because it's putting a very big bit of finality on the Carey Price era in Montreal. And I am very, and I, for once, am not saying that ironically. Uh, Carey Price uh, was the Montreal Canadiens for a better part of a decade. Uh, after the game tonight, Brendan Gallagher is talking about how there should be a statue of him outside the building very soon. And based on the interview and everything, it really does seem like Carey Price's man is done. Uh, as Habslinks put it on Twitter, uh, the building would have kept cheering for as long as Carey Price stood there during his introduction tonight. Uh, he came out as the man in black. And uh, to get to the main point of the article, Carey Price's knee is not getting any better. He says he has difficulty kind of going up and down the stairs some days at home. He's got some pain. It, it really seems like this is um, kind of a, a somber ending to this episode where we've been having a lot of fun. But this is a day we knew was potentially coming based on everything Kent Hughes and Carey Price have said in this offseason. But it's it's a gut punch to see this happen. And it's no longer just, I want to see Carey Price back in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. It's I want to see Carey Price be able to live his own life. He's got three kids. You know, he's got two young daughters and a young boy at home. He gets to be a dad, like not a hockey dad. Like he gets to be a dad. And I don't want him to not be able to do that to the fullest extent that he can. He wants to come back. He said, if there's a chance I can play again, I will do everything I can to play because that's who Carey Price is. But it it kind of stings to read that. It's like I got there's fluid on the knee and it's aching and sometimes it's hard to get up and down stairs. And it's like he's, you know, not that much older than I am. Like, you know, I don't I don't want that for Carey Price. No one wants that for Carey Price. Everyone wanted him to be able to ride off into the sunset on his own terms. And it kind of feels like he isn't really able to do that. And between him and Shea Weber and Paul Byron. And it seems like Joel Edmondson, a lot of dudes gave a lot in that cup run. And it it seems like the blood God has kind of come back and been like, all right, now it's my turn. And one by one, the pillars of that cup run here and there have just kind of been going out, whether they want to or not. I really do love that the Canadians are keeping him very much part of the team at the moment. It would have been very easy for them to say, you know, just stay and recover, uh, you know, in, in Kelowna or, or wherever he was, I, th I think it's Kelowna. That's where he lives in the off season. It would have been very easy for them to do that. I think it's the fact that he's around the team. It's not just for him. It's for everybody else on the team as well. Um, and I felt when I, when I, when I was listening to them announce, right. Uh, all the players that weren't dressed for the game. And then there was like a dramatic pause and I was like, they're going to bring out Carey Price. And they did. And I like that they include him as part of the everyday uh, part of this team. Whereas like, that's not the case that happened last year, right? There's obviously COVID and lots of other considerations that happened last year, but like bring keeping that leadership spirit around the team to me, it feels, you know, it's, it's not just for the fans. It's not just for Carrie price. It's for the locker room as a whole. 
I think that they are doing the right thing. I think keeping him as part of the Canadians for as long as possible until there's like official word. And it's very much like you said, he would do anything if he knew that he can come back and play, but I'm glad he's also prioritizing his recovery. Yeah, And that's the thing is it's like above all else, I think Carey Price knows that like, Hey, I do have a life outside of this, you know, and he wants to be there for that. And, you know, he also wants to do the stuff that he loves doing outside of hockey. He wants to hunt. He wants to fish. He wants to ride four wheelers and do cowboy stuff because he's Carey Price. That's what he does, you know? And it, it, I feel selfish wishing we could get one more, you know, run of prime carry price. But at the same time, I think most Habs fans at this point just, you know, want him to take care of himself. He will be around the team. The Canadians, you know, if carry wants to be there, they will roll out the red carpet for him at any given time. I wouldn't be shocked to see him around just hanging out at practice from time to time, you know, talking with Jake Allen and Samuel Montembo or whoever might be there. And if he decides, yeah, you know what, at the end of this year, I'm done. You know, I'll hang it up. That cap hit's gone, whatever, not important. There will be a statue of him unveiled before the home opener the next year. I don't have a doubt of that in my mind, and it would be well-deserved. He, he, There's nothing that the Canadians can give Carey Price that will match what Carey Price gave to the Canadians and their fans over his career, and that's okay. Um, it is just, it is kind of a somber note to end uh the preseason game on uh, preseason. No first game of the season. I am in preseason form still, um, but I'm glad we got it out of the way early and we're not doing this. Will they or won't they throughout the season? I don't want to say it would be a distraction, but let's let's now we can, you know, focus on this. We don't kind of wonder about carry price. We know where he's at when he's ready. We'll know if he's not ever going to be ready. He's not going to be ready. Simple as that. And everyone can kind of move on to the next phase of the Montreal Canadians. And I want to bring the mood back up a little bit. Um, hey, Scott. Yes. How was tonight's game? It was so good. <laughs> How are you going to get scored on by a dude who had seven surgeries in the last four years and a guy who missed most of the preseason because he had a spider bite on his hand? Oh, man. Oh, what a night. I know that they're probably going to lose like 5-2 to Detroit, but whatever. I don't care. That was fun. I don't. If they lost that game fourth, they'd be like, you know what? That was fun. I need. I, I want fun out of this. If you're gonna lose, lose interesting. Don't lose boring. Lose interesting, baby. Or win and give me memes. Yes. Um. Bunch of people who said that they only care about the postseason now, all of a sudden, really caring about game one of the season. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. In the meantime, like I said, please send us your mailbag questions. Uh, you can send them at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, you can also email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Leave them in the YouTube comments. Speaking of YouTube, please subscribe uh, and hit that bell so that you get notified whenever we put out a new episode or put out any kind of smug content, which we will every time the Canadians beat the Leafs. Um, and at the same time, when you're done checking us out, make sure you check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey and Steel Rodden and Flip Livingstone are back and they're going to bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news analysis and advice Monday through Friday, just like us. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, do not forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the mailbag.